Hello, my name is Dean Bobar, and I am the Adult Life Minister at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. As a church, we are seeking to cultivate a vibrant community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world so our neighbors may also experience God's goodness. You're listening to our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. In October, we are moving into another major prophetic book. This week's podcast covers the book of Jeremiah. You might recall that what makes a prophetic book, quote-unquote, major is its length, not its importance. The book of Jeremiah is the second longest book of the Old Testament, just behind the book of the Psalms. Because of its length, the book can be intimidating to read. So what I would like to do is share with you three things to focus on that may be helpful with getting a grasp on this large book. First, God's broken heart. Second, God's passionate prophet. And finally, third, God's new covenant. The first focal point for reading Jeremiah is God's broken heart. In all the prophetic books, we get a sense or reflection of God's heart for his people. This is especially true in Jeremiah. God is portrayed as benevolent, angry, and brokenhearted. Although God is angry at sin throughout the whole book, the foundation for understanding God is that he is benevolent, gracious. God's character and heart are seen in Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, which read, Thus says the Lord, do not let the wise boast in their wisdom. Do not let the mighty boast in their might. Do not let the wealthy boast in their wealth. But let those who boast, boast in this, that they may understand and know me that I am the Lord. I act with steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, says the Lord. God delights in steadfast love, justice, and righteousness. God's love is steadfast or loyal, and he also acts in justice and righteousness in the world. Because of his concern for justice, God will act in judgment toward his people. God's people had entered into a covenant with with God through Moses at Mount Sinai. See Exodus 19, verses 4 through 6. Part of that covenant relationship was God's blessing upon obedience and curses upon disobedience or unfaithfulness. In his long-suffering love, God was patient with his people. But eventually, God would bring the curse of exile to the southern kingdom in 586 BC through the Neo-Babylonian Empire. God was brokenhearted that his relationship with his people had gone to this point. This is a good place to unpack a bit about the historical context of Jeremiah's prophecies, this anthology or collection of his prophecies. It's important to understand that these are arranged both chronologically and thematically. In other words, they jump around in time, and we find this in many of the prophetic books. Old Testament scholar Gary V. Smith provides a succinct description of this context based on the reigns of kings in Judah. This is from his Interpreting the Prophetic Books, page 64. The book of Jeremiah described the prophet's ministry during A, the religious reforms of King Josiah, B, a period of persecution by religious leaders and the wicked King Jehoiakim, 
C, the reign of King Zedekiah, when there were many conflicts with the false prophets, and D, the period after the fall of Jerusalem, when the people rejected Jeremiah's advice. Jeremiah's prophetic ministry extended from 627 BC to around 585 BC, end quote. So let's move from God's broken heart to God's passionate prophet. Jeremiah is often described as the weeping prophet, but perhaps it's better to portray him as God's passionate prophet. Jeremiah does in fact weep. This happens in response to his brokenness over the sins of the people and because of his own commitment to God's calling on his life. Jeremiah experiences a compulsion to obey God as he calls Jeremiah to confront God's people and pronounce judgment on them for their covenant unfaithfulness. In addition to this, God called Jeremiah to announce judgment and salvation for the nations around Judah as well. Let's hear about Jeremiah's calling to be a prophet in Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. Now the word of the Lord came to me, this is Jeremiah speaking, saying, Behold, I formed you in the womb before I knew you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. For many of the prophets in the prophetic books, we hear something about their calling from God. In Jeremiah's calling, we can discern that Jeremiah is appointed as a quote-unquote prophet to the nations with the task of proclaiming both judgment and salvation to both Israel and the nations. Because of the daunting nature of this task, Jeremiah was encouraged to quote-unquote not be afraid of his hearers' reactions and to trust in God's empowering presence. We can also note that Jeremiah is entrusted with God's words to speak. And Jeremiah will embody this calling and take part in God's broken heart for his people. Finally, we can focus on God's new covenant as we seek to understand the book of Jeremiah. A major reason for God's broken heart is the broken covenant relationship between God and his people. Jeremiah often pictures this relationship as a marriage where God is a faithful husband to his unfaithful wife. This metaphor captures a significant aspect of God's heartbreak over the unfaithfulness of his covenant people. This background provides a context for God's promise of a new covenant. While we find glimpses of this promise elsewhere in the prophetic books, it comes through clearest in Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. These verses read, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. Do you hear God's heartbreak in there? 
And now the promise. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws within them, and I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. God would bring about a new covenant in the future. Remember that a covenant is a binding relationship made solemn by an oath and obligations. Sometimes from one party to the next and often between two parties. Under these new covenant terms, God would forgive his people of their sins, give them a new kind of intimacy with him, and teach them to live rightly for God in the world from the inside out. Does this sound familiar to you? Jesus and the New Testament authors reveal to us that through Jesus' death and resurrection, this promised new covenant has been inaugurated. This new covenant comes about because of God's new exodus and will ultimately lead to a new creation. Through Jesus and the Spirit, we're becoming the kind of people that reflect the heart of God to the world. We too reflect God's character, which delights in steadfast love, justice, and righteousness. Thanks so much for joining us for our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to hear more about our Year in the Bible campaign to subscribe or learn how you can become engaged with us as a church, please visit us at cpchb.org.